Thanks so much for spending a few moments with us here at CatholicPhilly.com. We are the digital media channel of the Archdiocese of Philadelphia, bringing you news of the Catholic faith as it's lived out here, and thanks to our partner, Catholic News Service, across the world. I'm your host, Gina Christian. Well, every March, we mark World Down Syndrome Day, which began back in 2006 as a way to raise global awareness of those who have what is a naturally occurring chromosomal condition that brings with it a range of both challenges and gifts. Unfortunately, many with Down syndrome face discrimination even before they're born, with a number of nations, including the United States, permitting abortions due to a prenatal diagnosis of Down syndrome. Those with Down syndrome have historically been targets of eugenics movements, particularly under Nazi Germany's T4, or euthanasia program, which claimed some 250,000 lives of persons with both mental and physical differences. And that program became a model for the eventual Nazi extermination of some 6 million Jews. In recent years, a number of advocates have worked hard to defend the dignity and rights of those who have Down syndrome, and that includes people who themselves have Down syndrome. I spoke with two of those advocates, Kurt Kondrick and his daughter, Chloe, who have been instrumental in helping to pass legislation to protect the rights of those with Down syndrome. Let's take a listen. Kurt, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks, Gina. It's an honor to be here, and I I appreciate you uh, telling this story and sending out the good news and the truth about what's going on. Amen. Well, you folks, you and Chloe have been hard at work on the advocacy trail as we are speaking now. You're just coming from an interview with Fox News and you're heading down to West Virginia. And you got started back in this work how many years ago? Well, I guess you could probably say not long after my daughter was born in 2003. And when I started learning about the prenatal eugenic movement against these kids, that's what spawned me to get involved in advocating and getting the truth out about you know these beautiful people and not not their diagnosed disability, but their many abilities and the joy and, and goodness and happiness that they bring, not just to their families, but to the community and to the whole world. And and that first kind of legislative victory, if you will, it's actually known as Chloe's Law, and it was passed in Pennsylvania back in 2014. Tell us a little bit about the path to that legislation and what that legislation actually specifies. Sure. I um, after Chloe's birth, I got involved in um, different groups, and I, I became—I was appointed to be the chair of the Governor's Advisory Council for Early Intervention. <clears throat> so, with that position, I used to make frequent trips to the Capitol and advocate funding for programs that would support children once they are diagnosed and enter this world. I said it's different between just being pro-birth and pro-life, and I'm a pro-life advocate from conception to natural death. And people who need support, I'm 100% behind providing funding and support for that. So during that time, you know, my, my goal was to, I, I learned of the extremely high rate of people who got a prenatal test for Down syndrome choosing abortion. It was it was 60 to 70, high 60s, low 70s in this country. The, the country of Iceland is it's almost 100% Europe's in the 90s. So that, that bothered me greatly. When I talked to these families who had these prenatal diagnoses, every single one of them relayed to me that it was just, once the diagnosis was given, it was framed as something extremely negative and nothing good would come out of it. And, you know, for the better of everything, you needed to terminate this child. So I, I did not accept that. Like I said, I saw my own daughter growing up and the good things that she brought to our family, community, her school, and just everybody. So I just, so, so Chloe and I would make trips to the Capitol. And it was during those trips, I was talking to some legislators I became friends with and we came 
came with the idea of the Down Syndrome Prenatal Education Act, where if a woman receives, a family receives a prenatal diagnosis, they would have to be given factual, supportive information about all the good things that are available at IE, early intervention, special ed, you know, different uh, baseball programs, Special Olympics, so that they knew that when their child was born, there'd be, you know, the support and the good things available. So we... Um, we basically wrote it up and, and I started going around the Capitol with Chloe advocating for passage of it. And um, we we managed to get it passed in the House. It actually passed in the Senate 50 to nothing, which is a miracle in and of itself. You consider the makeup of the Senate. It passed in the House, I think, 196 to 2 in July of 2014, Governor Tom Corbett. And during the process of advocating for it, they they nicknamed the Down Center Penal Education Act Chloe's Law. But that's the face they put on the law, which is something that I'm real, I think is critical as people see the faces of our kids. And in July of 2014, Governor Corbett signed the law at the Pennsylvania Capitol, and Chloe and some of her friends sat next to her um, and, and signed the law with yeah, Governor Corbett. And that law, I, I, I will say, it really brought about a lot of um, national attention, and I think it also drew the curtain back for people who didn't realize this was going on. because I said, it's, it's a silent eugenic movement. It's not something you would see out in the open, but it was yeah. happening behind yeah. closed doors in medical facilities. So when this law was passed, it was amazing how many people came up to me and said, I never knew that was happening. I didn't know that was happening. I didn't. And that's what, you know, just God blessed us. And since that time has, has put us in places where we can speak out and speak up for those who don't have a voice and also to show the many abilities and the gifts and the good things about uh, children's and adults and individuals with Down syndrome. And most recently, you've been speaking out in West Virginia. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. I was invited uh, in the fall of last year. Uh, Chloe and I spoke in Charleston, South Carolina a couple of years ago at the National Right to Life Convention down there. And I met uh, state chapters down there and I met um, ladies from West Virginia, West Virginians for life. And um, we connected and really, you know, uh, they enjoyed our presentation. <clears throat> so they asked me to be their keynote speaker at the West Virginians for Life um, convention in uh, um, last fall in October of 2021. So Chloe and I went down there and spoke. It was really well received. And they told me that they're working on a law in their state legislature uh, later to ban Down syndrome abortion. They called the Unborn Child with Down Syndrome Education and Protection Act. And I, at that point, I was all excited, of course. And I said, well, let, let me and Chloe know what we can do to assist. I said, we'll come down here. Well, they, they took us on our offer. We came down not long after that. And uh, we spoke at a large church down in West Virginia, got the people to get out and do this. We get help them circulate petitions online throughout the state. And um, we came down to the Capitol and spoke at the, they have a pro-life rally at the West Virginia State Capitol. Chloe and I spoke at that and oh, got no, the message out even more, met with legislators. Uh, Chloe has a book that she's on and in called Brilliant Souls. And she signed the book, gave it out to several people. And then we, they, they, I told them if they needed us, we'd come back down. So there was a, a thing going on in the Senate. We came back down again for that, spent the whole day, then drove back to Pittsburgh. And then there was Recently, there was another push with it. Chloe came down, was on the floor of the House of Representatives in West Virginia and, and met many legislators there. They introduced her from the floor and um, 
you know, we, we connected with Kayla Kessinger, who's a delegate in West Virginia, who's the lead sponsor of the bill. And she took, took us around with some other legislators and introduced us to people. And it really had a, you know, a major impact on getting the law. There were some technical things and they weren't sure they could get it passed before the session ended. And the, the session ended on a Saturday at midnight and they just kept pushing. And Kayla gave an amazing speech in front of the house and the law passed at five minutes to 12 on that Saturday. So, that is right before the bell, so to speak. Yes, yes. Now that, that will be signed on World Down Syndrome Day, correct? Yeah, that's right. We're actually heading down there now to the state capitol. It'll be signed tomorrow, 321, a World Down Syndrome Day by Governor Jim Justice down in West Virginia. We just can't thank the people of West Virginia enough. West Virginians for life, all of them, they're just awesome people, amazing pro-life advocates. And the reason World Down Syndrome Day is 321 is because individuals with Down syndrome have a triplication of the 21st chromosome. You know, um, we have two, they have they have three. And so that's why it's 321, which they celebrate. And it's interesting, you know, the, the Global Down, World Down Syndrome Day Forum, their theme this year is inclusion. And, you know, but they don't really speak out. A lot of the secular groups don't speak out against this, what I call prenatal eugenic movement against these these kids. And um, so I said, you can't have inclusion when you can't, when you when somebody's not born, it's actually yeah. the ultimate form of exclusion. So I just, like I said, hats off again to West Virginia for doing this, and we're going to be down there, and I'll send some pictures of Chloe with the governor, and she's going to give him a book when when he signs this legislation. You know, it's it's priceless. It'll be I, I just I love being able to do this, and um, you know, able to able to be able to you know be part of this of this legislation that's going on. So. It's amazing. Tell us what, you know, you and your family experienced when you learned yeah. Chloe had Down syndrome. And as you said, you you had said to me, you know, previously, I think before we went on the air, that you and your wife did not have a prenatal diagnosis. You did not find out until Chloe was born. Tell us about that. Sure. Um, my wife was 40 at the time when she was pregnant with Chloe, and I was almost 40. And during the pregnancy, now this was in 2000, let's go back to 2002, when she was pregnant with Chloe. And during the appointments in that, they did you know, kept asking us if we wanted a prenatal test. We were told we were high, higher, higher risk to have a child with Down syndrome. You know, and I would tell people, I was a, formerly in another life a police officer, and I said the word risk connotates something negative, danger, and that. And um, so we refused the prenatal testing because we weren't, we, you know, abortion was not an option in our book, and, you know, we were welcoming our child in this world. But regardless, my wife had picked the name out. We already named her Chloe. My son was, Nolan was four at the time. I already knew he was having a sister, was very excited. So we were excited for her birth. And when Chloe was born at the hospital, my wife had a C-section and the doctor delivered Chloe. And she had asked Brady was clearing her lungs. And I, I asked him, I said, is she okay? And he kind of looked at me weird. And then he came over with his mask on and just said, your daughter has characteristics of Down syndrome. But in a kind of a cold tone, it wasn't like a celebratory thing that most people get at the hospital. And then um, I asked him if I could hold her. And I, I, I'll never forget this. He was kind of started. He goes, oh, you want to hold her? And I said, yeah, bring her over to me. And he brought her over. And she's, she's a beautiful young lady, a little, beautiful little baby then. And said, my wife and I did not know anything about Down syndrome as far as what we needed to do with that. But we knew this was our child. So we... 
you know, like anybody should. We, we loved our child. My son held her, was excited for his sister, and you know, went home and began the journey that God has led us on right now. What have been some of the highlights of that journey and maybe some of the lowlights, the really difficult times? Sure. My wife, you know, she gets, she always says sometimes when Chloe's out in public, she'll get the look and then the look, like people will look at her different. So there is still kind of a, a misconception about what people like Chloe are able to do. We even say, oh, does Chloe go to school? I'm like, yeah, she goes to school. You know, she's she's 11th grader at Bishop Canavan High School in Pittsburgh, does quite well there. And um, so misconceptions in, in this and um, but the, the highlights have just been amazing. I mean, like I said, we my son and my wife taught Chloe to read. Chloe was reading at age three, I mean, which is sight reading books. I have videotape of it. I used my advocacy. She's, you know, she's gone throughout school. She's, she plays baseball. She's. You know, she likes volleyball. <clears throat> she loves to play frisbee. She's actually a really good basketball player. She was manager on a couple traveling basketball teams. The girls loved her, and she introduced her during uh, the school events. And she's, you know, Chloe and I have been blessed with how God's used us. We've, like I said, we've spoken in Charleston, South Carolina, National Right to Life Convention, in North Carolina at their National Right to Life Prayer Breakfast. We've, we've spoken to the United Nations in New York City twice in front of a global audience about this silent eugenic movement against these kids and a filmmaker from Italy liked our talks but she actually made a, a short video about her advocacy it's in like eight different languages and it's all over the world we've Chloe's you know we've been to the White House Chloe stood next to President Trump and Vice President Pence when they addressed the March for Life in 2018 at the White House and he actually took one of her books kissed her on her head and told her why she was beautiful you know and her picture is the picture of Mike Pence that hung in the West Wing of the White House on the wall we have that now he signed it for us we've been to French consulate in New York City like I said all, all over you know just it's, it's been just an awesome um, journey, experience, and I always like to tell people when they – people say, well, what can I do? You know, And I say, well, we're not – my wife, Marcia, and I, we're not rich people. We're struggling and, you know, this and that. We're, we don't have a perfect life or anything, but we saw something we did not accept and it's an evil, and we addressed it. And that's – I think that's why God has blessed this journey. And honestly, that's why we're heading down to West Virginia right now because, you know, we decided – my favorite book of the Bible is James. You know, faith without works is dead. You, you can have faith, but you, when, when you see something you know is wrong, you know is evil, you have to address it and do something about it. And that's what we decided to do. And I I do believe that God has, has, has blessed us because of that. You know, Chloe's become friends with Cardinal Dolan up in New York City. She's When we go up to St. Patrick's Cathedral, I, I text his bodyguard. He puts, a, puts Chloe up front. And um, her picture has been on the big screen in Times Square five times so it's, it's just been an, it's been an amazing journey just an incredible journey yeah how do you think as a world first as a nation and as a world we're doing in really accepting and embracing persons with down syndrome where are we at um it's not really good to be honest with you like i said the, the rate in in the united states is high 60s low 70s but you know one of the reasons we spoke to the united nations we spoke there in 2017 and 2018 is because Iceland, which you would think is a very you know progressive modern country, proudly came out the year before and proclaimed that they had cured Down syndrome. The Minister of Health and claiming they had cured it because they had terminated 100% of children diagnosed prenatally with Down syndrome. So, you know, when when a, when people around the world think the cure to something is to terminate all the individuals, 
that you know don't need their misguided mandates for culture perfection and god help us all you know and i often say gina what if we get a prenatal test for autism or adhd or depression or baldness or you know the list goes on and on and we start getting rid of people i mean god help us all so i i, I think we have a lot of work to do but once again i I think just like I said, this is it's amazing what they did down here in West Virginia to, to pass this legislation. I can't thank them or salute them enough for having the for having the courage and having the determination and having the energy to do this. So, you know, we hear a word like eugenics, and you've said it several times: the silent eugenics movement. And we tend to think of that word as belonging to other times, darker times, earlier times. But it's still very much a reality, as you said. Talk a little bit more about that and then also about language. A lot of times these things start through a language of isolation and there are kind of contested terms like disability, defect. The the Centers for Disease Control still refer to Down syndrome on their website, at least, as a birth defect. Talk a little bit about that. Sure. Recently, the CDC and actually the World Health Organization put out on social media, they classified Down syndrome as a major birth defect. This was just recently within the last month. And I actually responded heavily to that. I put a picture of Chloe and said, I'm not a major birth defect. So that type of language and that type of, um, you know, that type of articulation by organizations that are known globally just feeds right into this silent eugenic genocide that's happening against these kids. And like you said, you, you know, that's a word. When you hear eugenics, a lot of times you think about Nazi Germany or things that happened back then. Well, what a lot of people don't realize is. During the Nazis, prior to the you know the Holocaust, well, during the Holocaust, the first people they came for were the disabled. They they eliminated over 240,000 people with disabilities. It was called you can look it up T4 program in the uh, late 1930s. They they determined them to be worthless and you know they dehumanized them and they got rid of them and then they just continued down the line with other groups of people who they thought needed to be eliminated so that's what eugenics is it's identifying targeting and eliminating a person because you feel like they're not fit to be here or be part of their culture and like i said god help us you know as prenatal testing advances if you can do it prenatally why not do it postnatally if somebody gets messed up in a car accident or has a, a stroke or something and requires a lot of support and care then you know, they, they, they might, you know, say then we should get rid of that person. So it's a it's a very, very slippery slope. It's a culture of death. I, I think it's uh, it's evil. It's 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 something that the devil, I think, celebrates with when this kind of stuff happens. And um, it's something that we as, as, as Christians should be as, as followers of Jesus Christ should be seeking to stop and address. You know, I mean, it's it's just it's not acceptable so and we we don't accept it and we're going to continue to fight to end this as, as long as god leaves us on this earth so what are three or four gifts that chloe has brought to you and your family i know there are many and it's probably hard to narrow it down to just a few but what are some of the things if you just had you know a few seconds to tell a complete stranger about your daughter chloe what would it be I think her unconditional love and genuine purity and kindness, you know, Chloe can have behaviors, you know, if you're trying to transition her or, you know, don't want her on her iPhone app. But I will say this, Gina, Chloe does not have evil or malice. And that, that is just an amazing thing to watch. She does not. She does not care what political party you belong to. If you live under a bridge or live in a mansion, if you're get tattoos or purple hair or whatever, she, 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 Chloe will accept you because you're a human being. And that's something, you know, I actually wrote an article once that Adam and Eve had Down syndrome until the devil stole the extra chromosome. And it, you know, a lot of people like that because she represents how Adam and Eve in the first 
humans would have looked back then because since, you know, when they got thrown out of the garden, then they became corrupted. And I think the devil specifically goes after these kids because he knows he knows they can be hurt because they're vulnerable, but they cannot be corrupted. They can't be corrupted down here because they don't have that evil inside of them. They don't have that malice. Like I said, I was a cop for a police officer for 20 years. I never recall having a call where somebody with Down syndrome was doing an armed robbery, selling drugs, mass shooting, um, caught in a drug sting or this or that, assaulting somebody. I don't, that never happened. You know, you might've caught them dancing too much or whatever, but uh, you know, maybe eating too much ice cream, but they, they, that's, that's the gift to our family. You know, my son, Nolan is 23 now. He's married, married to a, great girl and and you know i think my my daughter chloe has made him the man he is today i i often tell people i said i think of all the missing siblings with his uh, high abortion rate for children with down syndrome and all the wonderful gifts they would have missed from a brother or sister like chloe as a sibling because they really do um have a major, major impact on these people and in the lives they are. And I can speak that through my own son and, and just myself, you know, Gene, I, I can say, you know, if it wasn't for Chloe, I probably would have stayed in police work. Maybe who knows what would happen to me. You know, she, I tell her many ways she saved my soul and saved me, you know, made me into who I am. And I joke a lot that Chloe will have a mansion in heaven and I'll be cleaning her toilets. You know, if I make, <laughs> I make it up there because I'm, She's she'll I, I always say on judgment day, she'll be an easy pass lane and I'll be in the toll booth, you know, being read my long book of sins and all the things I've done down here. So I just think that I love I love watching her interact with people and policymakers and changing hearts. And, you know, and I've seen it on so many uh, awesome stages. Like I said, the United Nations was it really was amazing. I have, I have a picture there of Chloe standing between the delegate from Russia and Saudi Arabia flashing a, a peace sign. So that's just it's it's a universal message of unconditional love, <clears throat> peace, kindness, joy, and it's something you know our our world. If you put the news on, desperately needs right now. So maybe God's going to use these people somehow to, who know, usher in a, a revival or some type of divine intervention to get the world back on track because they definitely could. Amen, Kurt Condrick. Thank you so much for taking the time during your busy schedule to to speak with us. We so appreciate it. We wish you and Chloe and your family all the best in your in your mission, and it is a mission, and we are blessed to have it. I hope you'll come back soon and speak with us again. I would love to, and I'll send you pictures from the Capitol, and we look forward to meeting you one day, traveling out, connecting with you in person. Chloe will bring you one of her books. Amen. I, I want that. <laughs> Personally autographed. I appreciate it. All right. Well, God bless you, folks. Yep. Thanks for spreading the truth, because we need people to spread the truth nowadays. And that was Kurt Kondrick, who, with his daughter Chloe, is working hard to change the future for those with Down syndrome. You've been listening to CatholicPhilly.com from the Archdiocese of Philadelphia. Thanks so much to our publisher, Archbishop Nelson Perez, our editor, Matt Gambino, to you, our listeners, and of course, to our Lord, without whom none of this would be possible. You can find us online at CatholicPhilly.com, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Catholic Philly. I'm your host, Gina Christian, and until next time, may God bless and keep you.